The following program is brought to you by The Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. Over the past 15 years, my wife Marcia, the almost perfect woman, has hopped or crawled into a boat hundreds of times, and she has gone out to Southern Ireland where she works all day. Over the past 15 years, Marcia and I might have gone to a swanky restaurant overlooking the ocean three times to treat special guests. It was some special occasion. And it amused me at the time to see the hostess seating my wife by the window, you know, so she could have a view of the water and the lobster boats in the harbor, which she has to look at all day when she's working. You certainly remember the apocryphal tale about the man who had his office in the Eiffel Tower. He said it was the only place in Paris where he could look out the window and not have to see the cussed thing. Did you know that there is a lobsterman in Spruce Head, Maine, who planted a hedge of cedar trees between his house and the harbor, you know, just so he wouldn't have to look at it? Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
you for listening to The Humble Farmer. That was someone I've never heard of before. Peter Eklund. Peter Eklund. Eklund. How do you email a picture with an iPad? That's what our Florida friends, Len and Renee Scheinhoff, wanted to know. Renee was here in my solar radiant heated cellar office, and she took a picture of me smiling. Now, I naturally wanted the picture because, well, a picture of me smiling is so rare. I cannot fake smiling for a camera. So you've got to get me when I'm really smiling. And it's such a rare thing to catch me when I'm really smiling. Anyway, they said that their thing that took the picture is an iPad. We looked at their machine and Len could send me an email, but there was nothing in the email that you could poke to add an attachment like a picture. My wife, yes, 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 my wife, Marsha or Renee, could ask their grandchildren how to do it. But as Renee said, grandchildren have no patience. I went online and I read that picture sending with an iPad is counterintuitive. Instead of writing a letter and attaching a picture, you designate a picture to be sent and then add a letter. So I told Shine that as soon as he learns to work that iPad thing, well, anyway, you know as well as I do, they'll have something that is even more complicated and he'll be right back where he started. I want you to know that I am glad that I am not in the socioeconomic class of people who have these excuse me, have these electronic toys. I can barely work the new XP computer my friends made just for me because, well, they had to make this new XP computer for me because only XP will run the ancient program that I use to make my television show. There's no way I could learn to to learn a new program.
Django here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. When I was when I was just a little boy, when I was just a little boy, I used to visit my neighbor Percy Jones. Percy Jones lived in a house about seven hundred feet to the southwest from where I was born, brought up. And I could have been ten years old. Percy might have been seventy at the time. He was old, old. Percy had a mule. He had a wagon, a little wagon buggy. And even though I was allergic to the mule, I used to ride in the wagon with Percy, and we'd go down to his back lot on Route 73, and I'd gasp for air because I'd be so allergic to the mule, and Percy would limp about, and he'd cut alders for firewood with a very, very sharp axe. And when I'd go to see Percy, I'd go in and I'd say, How are you today, Perc? And his standard answer would be, Pretty sore. And then there came a time in my life when I could only go up or down a flight of stairs one step at a time because my right knee was pretty sore. My knee expert, Marie, said I could help my knee by putting ice on it, but I could never remember to do it. Can you remember to do the things that you're supposed to do, the doctor tells you to do? It's hard to remember these things. So weeks later, I went back to see Marie, and I asked for a, a thing called a cortisone shot. And she also drained my knee. I have no idea what this cortisone does, but I tell you that cortisone not only took away the discomfort in my knee within hours, but it fixed my hip at the same time. I, I can now run up in stairs like a squirrel. But it's my belief that you can't pump something into your body to fix one thing, but what it messes up something else. Do you believe that's true? So I hope you'll tell me what this cortisone stuff does. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com, and I'm only asking you because I know that you know about these things. Does cortisone lubricate the joint so it doesn't bind up, or does it enable you to destroy your joints without pain, or what in the world is going on here anyway? Two by two, they go marching through, those sweethearts on parade, how I pine just to fall in line with those sweethearts on parade love to join their fun but they bar me it takes more than one to make an army of lovebirds how I sigh as they pass me by those Sweethearts on
love to join their fun, but they bore me. It takes more than one to make an army of lovers. How I pine just to fall in line with those sweethearts on parade. I don't think I've ever played that song. I've heard it, I think, but I, it uh, sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever played that. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, you know I'm here every week at this time on your favorite radio station, playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, because I'd love to hear from you. What are you doing right this minute? That's... Always a good uh, question to ask when you're on the radio. I read somewhere that a Harvard report showed that an estimated one million people declare bankruptcy every year. Of that, 50% are thought to be due in part to medical expenses. You know, people who don't bother to have medical insurance. I know someone with a new car who says she can't afford medical insurance and that it's cheaper to pay the fine. Of course, until you get sick and the community has to put on a baked bean supper, supper for you, and of course that supper will just barely give you enough money to buy gas to get to the hospital two or three times. My brother said that he went to have his teeth cleaned. He couldn't get an appointment to have his teeth cleaned unless he paid for a set of x-rays of his teeth that they said they had to do for starters. Now, I said I thought that sounded kind of unreasonable. I agreed with him that I didn't think it was a good, a necessary thing to do. <clears throat> but then I checked it out online. I read two or three versions of it, and they explained it to me. And my vote goes with the dentist. I have my teeth cleaned once, twice a year, and they always want to x-ray them. Oh, I'm going to x-ray your teeth. But I put it up two or three years. But you know, my brother had gone five years, and I think five years is pushing it. So in this case, I'm voting in favor of the dentist. And besides the medical issues, there seem to be some unpleasant uh, legal ramifications that can arise if x-rays are not taken and you, the dentist encounters problems. How do you, how do you handle things like that?
Ghana here on the humble farmer. Ghana. One of my friends says that lonely planet guides are indispensable on one's first visit to a foreign land. She says, listen to this, she says that a lonely planet guide will tell you what words, phrases, gestures are offensive to the natives. Wouldn't you think that any average American could come up with enough of these things on his own?
Well, I wonder what in the world that was. Oh, yes, it was only three minutes. I was thinking that was going to last six minutes. I was kind of lounging around here. It is time to remind you that you're... Well, it's time to thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio uh, station. You know, with any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. I really appreciate the fact that you have nothing better to do than to listen to me. I recently found a hubcap that was on my first automobile. My first automobile was a 1932 Ford Coupe convertible. And over the past day or two, I've been thinking a lot about that 1932 Ford. And matter of fact, I even wrote a newspaper column on it for the Portland Press Herald, which you could probably find if you wanted to bother to Google. I seem to remember that we opened an umbrella inside that coupe convertible on rainy days because the canvas roof leaked. And you want to remember that 32 Ford was only 19 years old in 1951 when I was driving it. It wasn't old at all. My pickup truck with 303,000 miles on it is 24 years old. And when I bought my 1919 Model T Ford in 1951, it was 32 years old at the time. And I thought of it as being a very old car, 32 years old, very old car. But listen to this. My 1974 Mercedes that I bought in 1974 is already 41 years old. When I was a kid working in Russ Thomas's garage, he wanted an old car. Russ Thomas wanted an old car. But Russ Thomas didn't think of a 1919 car as being old because Russ Thomas was born on November 7th, 1906. He was born in 1906. To him, 1919 was not an old car. To Russ Thomas, an old car had to be built around 1910 or so. As I recall, he finally bought an old car that had belonged to a sea captain down below Tense Harbor. And this sea captain had secured the car to the floor of the garage just as if he was taking that car on a voyage, you know? Just like you see your guy with those Car carriers torque down a, a car, you know, they fasten it down with straps. This guy had done the same thing, had this old car secured down to his floor with, uh, with, with these old, old ropes. It was the kind of thing you'd really like to have a picture of.
is all that if you have been in a hospital lately, you might have noticed that the good old photographs of doctors smoking pipes, remember them? Those good old photographs of doctors smoking pipes that, that used to be on the hospital walls, well, they've all been replaced by a printed notice that says, Patients' Rights, and you can read the fine print. Now, I'm not as concerned about my rights as I am with getting the best medical care possible, so it would appear that the hospital and I now have different agendas. And think about this. Can this equality thing be carried to extremes? You might have heard about the constipated man whose hospital roommate had diarrhea. On the average, there was nothing wrong with either one of them. Somebody stole my gal Somebody stole my pal Somebody came and snatched her away She didn't even say that she was leaving love She's really mine, I know Oh, oh, oh Her kisses I love so Oh, gee I wish that she Come on running, running, running back to me Her blue and lonesome, broken-hearted pal Somebody, somebody, somebody stole my gal, yeah
Peter Eklund. Very tight, very tight, huh? Chunk, 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 chunk. Like that. Nice tightness there. Chunk, 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 chunk. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. I appreciate the fact that you are listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. And you probably heard that they quickly, oh, they very quickly caught that armed robber who held up the fried chicken restaurant. You heard about it. Although he escaped with an armload of cash and fried chicken, within an hour he showed up at the emergency room in the hospital and asked to have his stomach pumped. Take a look at just who blew in. Hurry up and lock the door. The great big butter and egg man we've all been waiting for. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Clap hands, join the party. Clap hands, meet the party. Clap hands, Charlie, meet the frown. Ginger ale and white rock for this table. Grab a chair, move over there, let him sit right next to Mabel. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Yes, sir, Charlie. Yes, sir, Charlie. Yes, sir, Charlie's coming now. Clap hands, meet the dolly. Clap hands, big fellow folly. Clap hands, stand up, take a bow. See the smile on all those hungry faces. They can tell that he's a buyer from those great big open spaces. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. become of Sally, that's your assignment, you can Google, I wonder what's become of Sally, because that will enrich you. Once upon a time, some friends who were coming for supper to our house called earlier in the day to tell my wife Marsha, the 
almost perfect woman, that they did not eat dessert. At the time, I didn't eat dessert either. You might remember there was a nine-year period in my life when I did not eat cake pie, ice cream, cookies, or donuts. I'm not boasting, nor am I complaining. I simply thought you might be encouraged to hear that even a weak person like myself can give up a few of the foods that make life worth living. I stopped eating dessert after a public radio program manager's convention in San Antonio, where in the remarkably short time of three days, I gained six pounds and was no longer able to tie my shoes. Now, you know as well as I do, you know as well as I do, that for some of us, everything in moderation does not apply when it comes to smoking, drinking, and blueberry pie. One bite, one puff, one sip, and we are undone. My wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, is a first-class enabler. She loves to cook juicy apple pies and bake fluffy white cakes, which she buries beneath thick layers of chocolate frosting. And, although I never weakened in nine years, she still put these works of art on the table, and she still asked me if I wanted a piece. Now, I'm going to throw in here, this has to do with the story, so keep listening, please. Years ago, I had supper with a very famous jazz musician. You've probably heard him play. One of Woody Herman's four brothers. And he finished off the meal with one or two bottles of wine. Because he had once been addicted to heroin, two bottles of wine wasn't really drinking to him. And this came to mind, you see it all ties in, this came to mind when our friends who came for supper told Marsha not to bother to make dessert. And my wife said, Oh, I wasn't planning on making any dessert. We're only having ice cream and ginger cookies.
Almost time to get out of here, so I suppose I can stop right now long enough to thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. You know, with with any luck at all, I have to say that because you're never sure what's going to happen, you know. With any luck at all, you can hear me every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. I, with any luck at all, I'll be playing... Scott Hamilton doing steeplechase here. Tommy Flanagan, Bob Cranshaw, Lewis Nash. I don't, Lewis Nash. I don't remember their name. Young people today. Oh, I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love, love to hear from you. Don't be afraid to write. Young people today do not know about moderation. Back when I was a boy, we had neighbors who were moderate. One day, listen to this now. One day, Alva Harris was lying on his back underneath a car in his garage down there in Tents Harbor when he saw some boots come into the garage and they walked around the car. Blum, 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 blum. So Alva, he recognized the boots, of course. So Alva hollers out, Is that you, George? And George says, Yes. You awful busy today, Alva? And Alva says, What you need? And George says, My house is on fire. <laughs>